people getting arrested, immigration issues, political party issues, and riots happening across the country. Are these the latest headlines? Nope. It's just Acts chapter 21 through 23 on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Welcome to Inverse, everyone. Every time we study scripture, we are amazed how these ancient issues, this ancient text, always has modern-day contemporary applications. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a word of prayer. And Israel, can you pray for us? And we'll get into the text of Acts. Father in heaven, as we look into scripture and we see ourselves, we pray that we might not just find a description of what is taking place, but that we'd find answers mm. that apply to our everyday living today. This is our prayer as we study in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Our key text uh, for this episode is Acts chapter 23, verse 21. Sebastian, can you read that for us? Absolutely. It says, but the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at Rome. Okay, perhaps this is a narrative that many, many Christians might be a little more more familiar with. uh, But there's a lot of issues going on and very kind of akin to what's happening in the news today with current Mm -hmm. events. Uh, maybe not directly correlated with the issues, but similar similar motifs found. Um, uh, let's see here. Callie, what's Callie, the name, um, <laughs> You're Callie. Hi. Uh, Callie, hey, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. good. What's going on in these chapters? <laughs> Help us out here. <laughs> Kill me, man. Help the host out because he's floundering. <laughs> okay, so yeah. uh, chapter 21, starting a little bit earlier, Paul comes to Jerusalem. Okay. Um, he's there to do ministry and to fellowship with the brethren. The brethren are like, hey, so we appreciate the whole Gentile thing you're doing. Great, praise God. But people don't like you because you I do that. I love your synopsis. Yeah. <laughs> people don't like that you do that. Mm-hmm. So you need to like prove that you're a Jew still. Because like we know that you are, but you need to like prove it. Mm-hmm. So Paul goes into the temple with some other people to fulfill a vow. But then some people see him. They're like, he brought Gentiles in here. He, he didn't because mm-hmm. he wouldn't do that. But mm-hmm. they said he did. So then everyone freaks out. The Romans come. The Jews are freaking out. And the, the Romans help Paul not die because it's very nice of them. Um, Paul invokes his Roman citizenship. He's like, hey, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Jew or I'm a Roman citizen. So you shouldn't like make me. You shouldn't hurt me. Um, and then kind of going even further. I'm trying to do like a really fast mouth. No, here. hey, this here. is good. <laughs> so at the end of the verse that uh, Sebastian read in chapter 23, verse 11. So... People, the Jews will not rest that Paul is in the custody of Rome. They're like, okay, he's arrested. That's fine. People are like, I'm going to vow my life to kill this guy. Mm -hmm. And amidst all this craziness, God speaks to Paul and he says, be of good cheer, Paul. You will appear before um, those in Rome and you will be a witness to me in that place. Mm -hmm. And so even amidst all this crazy chaos, God still speaks to Paul and says, I'm going to use this to still let you be a powerful witness in the place you've always wanted to be. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. In In the midst of all these voices, did all these political parties, all these different issues, that God's voice mm-hmm. is Still speaking to him. Right? Yep. And, and right. God's voice is coming out, like you've mentioned several times already in previous episodes, God's voice or his word mm-hmm. is the theme that is mentioned throughout. Mm-hmm. And what's, what's awesome about it is 
God's word comes to us, it comes through us through the form of Christ, Jesus, through the form of God, the Holy Spirit speaks. It's like it comes in, it comes in large groups to large groups. It comes to individuals. Hmm. It comes during great times. It comes during bad times. It comes when you've been very, very successful in accomplishing God's word. It comes at the point of failure. It comes through the form of commands. It comes through the form of encouragement. It's like the word of God supplies every need at every time in every fashion. The Holy Spirit is also doing the same thing. He appears before large multitudes. He fills mm-hmm. rooms. He fills groups of people. He fills the individuals. The, mm. the, the story of the book of Acts is successes, high mountaintop experiences. Just in previous verse chapters, previous episodes, we talked about Paul is determined to be a slave for Jesus Christ, living a life by faith. And now all of a sudden there's a twist in this experience, this huge giant in the faith all of a sudden is making, now f- making a big mistake. Floundering. Looks like yeah. got taken out. I see a yeah. weak moment. Let's go to chapter 21 and verse 23 to 26. Sebastian, mm-hmm. can you read that, those passages for us? Yes. Therefore, do what we tell you. We have four men who have taken a vow. Take them and be purified with them and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads and that all may know that those things of which they were informed concerning you are nothing but that you yourself also walk orderly and keep the law. But concerning the Gentiles who believe, we have written and decided that they should observe no such thing, except that they should keep themselves from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. All right, so what's going on there? What we find here is the church is playing politics to a certain um, population within the converts of the church. So it's like Gentiles are good. We've already written about that. But for these other Jews, for some reason, they're, they're trying to concede to these people when they've already spoken. And we went back to the, the Jerusalem Council. It seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit. Mm. So even the Holy Spirit was not on the side of playing this political move. Yeah. But they come to Paul afraid, not wanting to cause a fuss with the Jews and asked him to go with these men into the temple. And the result is not what everybody thought it would be. Paul submitted to it, even though he's going around giving a decree, don't do this, you don't have to do this. <laughs> yeah. And then now he's in a situation where he's making the concession just for the sake of trying to be in harmony with his brethren. Mm. And the results end up in Paul losing his freedom to, as an apostle and with his calling to the Gentiles for the rest of this ministry in the mm-hmm. book of Alex. That brings up just, it just feels like so, such a tension because like, okay, it's amazing that Paul is, he's, he's accommodating to the church. He's not so much of a, of a big shot that he's like, whatever the church thinks, I don't care. But he's willing to humble himself and submit. But it was the wrong decision. Mm. And that's scary though. So because, there's a fine line between yeah, compromise and humility? Because there is, yeah, and like there's, there's, a, there's a fine mm. line between unity and, and compromise. There's a fine line between unity and compromise. And that's, for me, I mean, I am naturally I'm very much of a people pleaser. So it's like, yeah, and I want, like, you should trust, be able to trust the church and be able to trust the leaders. And, like, but it's also, like, you shouldn't disobey them because it wasn't like they were wrong all the time. So I just, I mean, I have an answer. I'm just like, this, it just, it confuses me. Because, mm-hmm. like, okay, so I should follow Paul's example. Wait, no, I shouldn't follow Paul's example. Wait, so what should I do? Well, well, all right, Israel, can you help our angst, angst out? Because I'm, I'm feeling anxious where because. Paul, I think <laughs> yeah. where Paul fails is. Paul loves the people, but he should love God more than he loves the people. Mm. Mm. And I think 
we've, we experience this in everyday life. You know, it's, you think about all the situations at home. You know, I mean, mm. I love my family mm. and there are certain needs that my family has. And sometimes those needs bring conflict to what I know to be right. Mm. But you feel like if I don't kind of come down to where someone is to try to bring them up, then they might never come up. And at this point, there's an issue of, number one, you mistrust the love of God mm -hmm. and you mistrust the power of God. That's right. And you mm -hmm. mistrust the wisdom of God. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you change your ministry to not no longer a ministry of faith. Now this has become a ministry of sight, right? Yes. Where mm -hmm. you're catering to the, what the Jews are doing. Another, another important point here is we're in Acts chapter 21 that is still referencing Acts chapter 15. Mm -hmm. So this, you know, God had moved in a very powerful way in Acts chapter 15. The Holy Spirit came down. People, they resolved this conflict. Yeah. It was a thing of the past, and yet it came up over again uh, several chapters afterwards. And now you're at 21, and you're still dealing with Acts chapter 15. This is a warning sign, I think, to us mm. that when God leads us in something, we ought to let go. Mm. Let go of the past, and now let's move forward with the future. Once God comes mm. and He gives us an answer... We have to realize that if we press God and if we push Him and if we don't let go and if we're still holding on to something that God has asked us to let go, mm -hmm. God's going to say, all right, go ahead. You know, go ahead. Let this thing play out. You mm -hmm. want to hold on to this? Let's let, let's let it play out. And mm -hmm. salvation might not be jeopardized or, or it is jeopardized, but in the end, Paul is still saved. But you're going to go through a bitter and unnecessary experience. Which is a warning to to people, leaders like Paul, yeah. who have yeah. stood for the faith, and, and they were like on par, or they're always in the middle of God's will, and then just get worn out, yeah. Yeah. and then they concede. It's it's a scary warning too. I mean, I think it, I, and I think what you're saying is profound because it's true on a bigger level, and it's true on a personal level. Yeah. You know, it's also true in your family, right? We all have family things that you may grow through in your local church or even just in your house. Mm. And it's like, well, we went through this, we resolved it, but it still keeps coming back. It's like this thing keeps, it's like I thought this was resolved, but it's not resolved. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes you can have meetings that seem that there's clarity, but people walk away with different understandings of that clarity from that meeting. It's like, yeah, 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 we're good, we're good. And notice what they said in the passage was, oh yeah, you know, but concerning the Gentiles in verse 25, who believe we've already written and decided. Wait, so that didn't apply to the Jews, is what you're saying. But that wasn't the sense that you got from Acts 15, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't just that, oh, yeah, this just applies to the Gentiles, but you guys should keep doing this. Mm -hmm. It was more of an understanding that, yeah, this is not even necessary. Mm -hmm. This is not required. Mm -hmm. so, so I think in today's application is once you've dealt with, once you've dealt with a conflict, once God has led you, whether you've won or lost the conflict, quote unquote, there comes a time where you have to move on. Because if you do not move on, there's danger that in the end, someone's going to get hurt, mm -hmm. you know, and, and there's going to be repercussions that, you know, are unnecessary. Mm -hmm. I think this is evidence of that. Let's see the reaction of, of what happens uh, from this. Um, Callie, can you read mm -hmm. from verse 34? What to, chapter? To four, chapter 21. Okay, chapter Sorry. 21. Verse 24 okay. to 40 there. 34 to 40. So it's in the midst of a riot going on and what's going on? And some among the multitude cried one thing, and some another. So when he could not ascertain the truth because of the tumult, he commanded him to be taken into the barracks. When he reached the stairs, he had to be carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the mob. Goodness gracious. For the multitude of the people followed after, crying out, Away with him! 
Then, as Paul was about to be led into the barracks, he said to the commander, May I speak to you? He replied, Can you speak Greek? Are you not the Egyptian who some time ago stood up a rebellion and led the 4,000 assassins out into the wilderness? <laughs> so <laughs> random. No. But Paul said, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no mean city, and I implore you, permit me to speak to the people. So when he had given him permission, Paul stood on the stairs and motioned with his hand to the people. And when there was a great silence, he spoke to them in the Hebrew language, saying... Okay. Sebastian, what's going on in that passage? <laughs> so here we see that the Roman um, authorities have been called in because these Jews are beating this brother. And this is causing a tumult. And the Roman soldiers, I mean... Contextually, the Jews have always been this hot button, you know, province in the Roman Empire. It's like, man, there's always uprisings and these zealots and stuff coming up. So the Roman soldiers are very responsible to be like, oh, here we go, another uprising. So they assume Paul is the ringleader. Just right? hilarious. And then they're like, get in there. They grab this brother. and the They Jews grab him and then hold that thought. We'll, we'll see what <laughs> happens when they grab him after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Uh, we're going to cue back to Sebastian here because <laughs> I inter- we interrupted him. What's going on? No problem, man. I won't get discouraged. So, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so when you... So when they grab this brother and they're taking him up the steps, like the Bible says these people are so violent, Mm -hmm. right, that the soldiers have to carry him because they're still trying to beat this dude as the soldiers are taking him up. And then the the captain is trying to understand what is happening in the situation. Mm -hmm. And in that moment of all this dust being kicked up and yelling and screaming and grabbing at fabric, right, the Bible says in verse 34, and some among the multitude cried one thing and some another. So when he could not ascertain the truth, Because of the tumult, he commanded him to be taken into the barracks. So here you have a situation where the commander's trying to assess the truth, and yet because of the tumult, the yelling, the screaming back Mm -hmm. and forth, it creates this confusion. Mm -hmm. And to me, it, it echoes back to two things. Number one is this looks so much similar to the arrest of Jesus, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Conflicting testimonies of what's happening in the situation, a mob, et cetera, et cetera. And the other thing that it beckons to is on a personal level, it reminds me of living in a world right now where you can get so many different voices and you're just trying to assess the truth. Mm-hmm. One people are saying this is right. Some people are saying this is right. Those two things are not jiving together. And you're trying to figure out how do I make sense of this situation, Make which use. echoes back to Pilate again. Mm. What is the truth? Mm-hmm. Right. He's trying to figure things out. But because of the tumult, it just creates this sense of confusion. And you're just like, I don't know what to do. And you get paralyzed in that. Mm-hmm. I see it. I see it in, an, in a slightly different angle as well. And that is the church has now because you're dealing with church people. Yes. You're religious dealing with people, religious people addressing the situation with the, with the religious leader, Paul. And now they're making appeals to a, a civil, you know, leadership. And so you, I think this is a warning to the fact that the church is not, to, is not designed, its primary purpose, aim, and goal should not be to engage politics for the sake of accomplishing the church's mission. Mm-hmm. So they have a certain view of what Paul should have done, what he should not have done, what he needs to do, where he needs to be. And rather than dealing with those things internally within the church structure, the Jerusalem council, now they're appealing to politics. 
and it, it, it messes things up. What happens is, as a result of this, the message gets messy. Mm -hmm. Whenever you combine the message of a Christian God or the message of Scripture, which, by the way, is completely contrary to this earthly society, it, it, it messes it messes up. Mm -hmm. It gets complicated and, and muddies yes, up. Yeah, we're there. Yes. You know? We're yeah. uh, <laughs> clear on that point. The, yes. the, 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 the situation. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And so I think this is ultimately what happens when church gets involved with politics. You know, this is, this is the, the clear principle of the separation of church and state. Mm -hmm. When the church realizes, and it's a sad state, when the church realizes it has no power of its own, when it does not recognize the power of the word, when it does not recognize the power of conversion, yes. it, it now depends on the power of the state, the power of force to do that which it cannot do. Yes. And in itself, it digs itself this horrible hole, mm. basically saying religion doesn't work. Yes. Yeah. God is powerless. This Holy Spirit doesn't work. So we need the power of the state. And that's a very, very, I mean, this is a, a micro version of this, of this of, which is going to be a large issue, the largest issue in the last days. Kelly. I think it's also very uh, sad as the best I can think of that it comes to a place where the people, the very people who are supposed to be representing God are the ones who are trying to tear someone apart before even talking mm. to them. And a secular government has to step in and be like, y'all need to calm down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, why are you trying to kill this guy? We don't know what's going on. Yes. So the fact that you need, yeah, people who don't even know God to help you, that's showing just how far they departed from the God mm -hmm. that they're supposed to be serving. And, I mean, how bad their witness is. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's just, just sad. Well, let's go to <laughs> verse 37. I just, this is kind of a funny kind of nuance there. He says, can you speak Greek? You know, and then he's like, hey, are you that Egyptian guy, yeah. you know, that I saw on YouTube the other day? And then just, you know, like, no, that's not me. I am, I am Paul. Guy. And then it's cool thing in verse 40. Then he speaks to the people. He's given this awesome opportunity, and he speaks to them in the Hebrew language. Mm -hmm. Yes. And there's something powerful about the mother tongue I mean, the mother tongue hits you in a different way. When my mom speaks to me in English, it's like, yeah, whatever. But when she's like, when she when she goes to Korean, I'm like, yes. oh no. <laughs> we revert to the two-year-old to, to, right. to mom, and then I listen. Mm -hmm. And there's something. There's a, it's almost he hits it, the language of the heart. There's an intimate communication. He's mm -hmm. speaking to them in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. And in chapter 22, he gives them their testimony. This is the yeah. second time we see the testimony of Paul. Yeah. For someone to share the testimony three times. Is a, is, is a huge thing. Yes, sir. We don't have the time to do this, but each of these testimonies, it's the, the same exact narrative, mm -hmm. but there's a little bit, couple, couple no, details that are, yeah. that are different. That's right. Um, any details that you guys know off the top of your head that are a little bit nuanced there, um, One is, so in his testimony, he, he always opens his testimony talking about on his road to Damascus mm -hmm. and being converted by Jesus speaking to him um, and through a light and being confused and then being converted. And he, he recounts that here. Mm -hmm. And you think about, I mean, Jesus died because the Jews did not accept him because they didn't like him um, for lots of different reasons. And But Paul, he recounts this story. He's like, yeah, this happened. This happened to me. Like, why are you working against me? This is why, da, da, da. And so Jesus has mentioned, and they, they keep listening. Mm -hmm. they, they keep ta he keeps talking and telling his testimony. Like, okay, this is going pretty well. But then verse 21. Verse chapter 22, verse yeah, chapter 21. 22, verse 21. Paul mm -hmm. gets to this part in his testimony where he says, God, so then he, meaning Jesus, said to me, Depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. Dun, dun. And then verse 22. And they listened to him until this word. 
And then they raised their voices and said, away with such a fellow from the earth, for he is not fit to live. Mm. So many mentions Gentiles. These yeah, it's guys like, I'm are... over. It's like, I'll listen to your conversion story. I've listened to Jesus. I'll listen to your ministry. But as soon as you mention the very idea of serving the Gentiles, like, I'm done. You're not yeah. fit to live. Mm-hmm. And that just, it just shows how deeply ingrained their prejudice mm-hmm. and their hatred was. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just a lot. Mm-hmm. I think the, the other thing to build off of Callie's point and also in precedent to that is before that happened, right? Mm-hmm. Paul mentions in his testimony, which was not in, in uh, Acts chapter 9 in verse 18, he talks about how he was in a trance, right? He had returned to Jerusalem. He was praying in the temple. And in verse 18, it says, and he saw him saying to me, make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. Mm-hmm. So God had already forewarned Paul yep. of what was going to happen in Jerusalem. And now here we are out in the actual field of reaching the Gentiles. And it's here again. They're not receiving his testimony. Mm-hmm. And this very idea that the fundamental purpose of Paul as to why God created him and called him and converted him is completely unacceptable by these people. Mm. Yeah, It's like that's completely fundamentally we can't even mm-hmm. engage here. You could talk about Jesus, your testimony, all these things, but your very reason for existence is something we cannot accept. Mm-hmm. And what if we as a church, you know, came to that place where we accepted the fact that, look, our fundamental reason for being on this earth, some people will never, ever accept it. Just because it's like God put us on this earth to reveal Christ, to uplift him and to call people to surrender their lives to him. That's a sobering point. And the idea is like, yo, you're once you get there in that word, we're done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's move forward a little bit forward to verse 25. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to try to get us along here. Verse 25. There's this one word, one phrase that's repeated over and over again. Verse 25. Uh, of chapter 22, as they bound him with, with thongs, Paul said to the centurion who stood by, is it lawful for you to scourge, scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? What's Paul doing here? He's playing the Roman card. Because mm-hmm. um, you see that later on. Verse 26, when the centurion heard that, he went and told the commander saying, take care of what you do, for this man is a Roman. Mm-hmm. Verse 27, the, the commander came and said to him, tell me, are you a Roman? <laughs> Verse 28, and Paul said, the latter half, so Paul said, but I was born a citizen of, of Rome. Yeah. And in verse 29, he says later on, the commander was also afraid after he found out that I was a Roman. Like Roman, 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 mm-hmm. Roman, Roman, Roman. This kind of takes a little bit on the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Why? What's Paul doing here? Yeah, he's appealing to his Roman citizenship. And yeah. by the way, they thought he was Egyptian. So, <laughs> yes, like, you know, they're confused. <laughs> they get that I, I a lot resonate, too, I can right? resonate. Yeah. I think I might be a Paul. A yes. lot of people <laughs> confuse me. Israel, yes. So, <laughs> even my friends. Uh, so, yeah, I think Paul has gone to the point where he's appealing to his, his Roman citizenship, who he is, his identity, his security has now, which is, was just so beautifully expressed before, right? Like, I exist for this purpose. Mm-hmm. And now he's shifted that. He's forgotten all about that to now who I am. My defi- I'm You're saying no self-identity life. has shifted yeah. from God as the center yeah. and now the citizen of Rome. Right. Okay. And he's using that to get himself out of the situation. So now he's moved from leaning on the everlasting arms to now he's leaning on the short arms of Rome. So should he have not have called, uh, taken out his Roman passport out and slammed it on the, <laughs> on the table there? Yeah. I, I don't mean, know. I, I don't know. I don't know either. It, <laughs> my, my reaction to that is essentially that 
it is a lack of faith when you depend on anything other than God, mm -hmm. right? Because the, the text, right, in, in, in um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, lean not on your own understanding, mm -hmm. right? He's thinking humanly, how can I strategically work myself out of this situation? Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, I'm a Roman citizen. You can't do me like this. You can't just condemn me and lock me up. And it's like, bro, you're depending on the power of Rome and its laws and its policies to deliver you from this trial when you were in the Philipp Philippian jail, right, in that city, you just bear it, you grit it, you sang songs, and God created an earthquake, a natural disaster to free you. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, what would make you think that God couldn't do the same thing in this situation? Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, he could deal with that multitude in an instant, right? Had he continued to trust, you know, the God in that immediate moment. So the to strategic me, thinking is also found, and if you go to chapter 23, he continues to do this um, a little bit more blatantly in verse 5. Then Paul said, I did not know, brethren, that he was the high priest. I mean, this is when he's interacting with Ananias, verse 6. Then when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in a council, men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, concerning the hope and resurrection of the dead, I am being judged. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this mm. is kind of a random comment out of nowhere. <laughs> then verse 7, and then we had said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. The Sadducees say that there is no resurrection. Go down to verse 9. There was a loud outcry, and the scribes of the Pharisees' party arose and protested, saying, We found no evil with this man, but if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against yeah. God. Mm. So what is, what is what's Paul I doing mean, here? Paul, Paul is clearly a brilliant guy. I mean, he's smart. <laughs> He knows how to do things. He knows how to, I mean, he's basically, he's playing with these po uh, political dudes. Like, mm -hmm. yo, I'm he knows the audience. People mm -hmm. are scared. Hey, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, boom, I'm going to throw this bomb. And I'm going to make you guys, like, you know, argue things out while I watch you guys. And, you know, sometimes brilliance can get in the way of godliness. Mm -hmm. You know, brilliance can get in the way of full dependence on God. Sometimes the gifts that God gives us are the blockage that prevents us from seeing God work in miraculous ways in our mm. lives. And I feel this could be the our situation. Our strengths could be our weaknesses. Yeah, are we, be yeah exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. And what I love about this whole situation is that through this whole context, through the ups and the downs, through the successes and the failures, through the dependence on God and the personal dependence, you have there sneaked in, in, in this whole thing, sneaks in this passage that God comes to Paul and he says, hey, be of good cheer. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you mess up, or whether you're, you're following me 100%, be of good cheer. You're going to be able to, I will accomplish in you what I've designed and what I've said. And you're referencing chapter 23, verse 11, the yeah. verse that we read in the beginning. But the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at mm. Rome. So really, maybe he's all strategizing and he's, he's pulling the Roman passport and him calling the political card and calling an issue. Mm -hmm. This all works together mm -hmm. for, for, for good. God uses yeah. it. Um, I realize that we live in a society now with a lot of social pressure, mm -hmm. a lot of issues going out in the world. Every headline every day is a different thing about politics, international politics. And it's easy for us to play politics in a very microwave, pull out our Roman passport, or play issues and whatnot. Uh, but we need to sit in our barracks in jail and hear for the Word of God. Or God says, be of good cheer. And Amen. that your purpose, or God's purpose for us will be fulfilled. I know that's what I want for my life. I want to hear the voice of God. Amen. And hopefully that's your prayer. Hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next week here on Inverse.
You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.